inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thanks for joining a new episode of Time to Shine. And today we are going to discuss about media interviews and especially for technical specialists. And for that, we have a special guest with Katia Slyher. She knew already at an early stage that talking is gold and silence the beginning of all troubles. Words, what they mean, how they are perceived by an audience and how to implement change by using them properly are her passion and business model. Known for her provocative style and her sense of humor on stage, she looks deeper in our communication troubles and is not afraid to talk about them. After her studies, German and English language and literature, she pursued an international career in PR, advertising and corporate communications for media and high technology companies. For more than a decade, she now passionately enables effective and empathic communication with all the clients she works with, from big banking, conservative pharma, to ambitious startups, from one-to-one -one dialogues to the big stages. With three languages, two passports, and a European heart, Katia travels across borders constantly to bring people and ideas closer through communication. She speaks at conferences about communicative misunderstandings and how to initiate change through communication. Hello, Katia. It does indeed. Hi, hi, Oscar. Hi, nice to hear you. Thank you. It's a pleasure talking with you, Katia. Really, really happy to be with you today and discuss about media training, who you are an expert in the matter and anything else that the stories that you will tell us. So please tell us a bit more about yourself, your journey to become a speaker and coach. If you would ask my mother, she would probably tell you the story that I did that basically all my life. So communication mm -hmm. came very early in my life. It was quite a natural thing for me. And I never could understand when people did not talk about all these beautiful ideas they had in their minds. And later on, I... That was quite sure, I was quite sure about studying that subject as well, which I did. And then I started, after, after two studies, I started my career in corporate communication and in PR and in media. And the second part was coincidentally, and really in 1993, there was my, uh, I was working at Saatchi and Saatchi, the advertising agency as a copywriter. And my, my, my director came into my office and our office and said, you know, um, we do have this new client here and we actually, we do not have any idea what this is all about. And he was very <laughs> vague in, in, in all that. And we were sitting there and have, didn't get a clue, but he, he didn't have a clue either. So, and in the end, I was, I was the youngest and I was asking, excuse me, but what is this all about? You were talking, <laughs> you know, and there was just, The software company, they want to, I don't know, they want to put little icons on the screen. At this time, we were still writing with a black background, right? And I was like, well, how is that going to work? And he says, I don't know, but you're going to find out. So I said, what is this company called? Uh, let me have a look. Um, Microsoft. 
So yeah, that was the beginning of my technical career because we were launching Windows 95 in the beginning of the 90s. And it was indeed hard to understand that the impact this paradigm change had at the time. So that was my first uh, encounter with IT. And later in my career, I started, I had the pleasure of working for uh, long before NT started to work for Silicon Graphics. And that was the moment where I learned what real computers can do. It was the time where the first um, animation film was purely computer animated. That was Casper at the time, beautiful movie. And all of a sudden, I realized how, how big how big technology is and how fascinating it is to communicate that and to, to make sure that people get an idea about the beauty of that. So, And that was the beginning when, when I tried to find positions, jobs um, that helped me and helping others to get their good ideas out of their hands. Then later on, I started uh, together with a colleague the first first TV show that brought the internet to the mass media, which was absolutely fascinating. So we were on TV and we were surfing on websites in 96, right, where the internet was really, really, really very mm -hmm. tiny, a tiny little baby. So and after that, I, I went working for a hardware company, quite logical switch to another IT company. And over all these years, my fascination with technology stayed there because I really, really think if you are able to communicate how well uh, a good software, good hardware is supporting us, we've seen that in, in the pandemics now, right? And without internet, without good cameras or a good sound, we wouldn't have been nothing, mm. right? We wouldn't have even survived. Oh, yeah. So, and over all these years, these tech people, these IT people always had a big space in my heart because for them, it was very often harder to get their ideas across. And actually, this is, this is again, something I liked about, about your book, How to Rock the Tech Stage, because this is a very special audience. I work for other audiences too, of course, mm -hmm. but this one has a very special place in my heart. And in 2006, I set up my own company and uh, train and coach people in communications and agile communication in storytelling, how to bring narratives across and again, in, in intercultural communication as well, because the misunderstandings across the globe are, are still bigger than the understandings. And it's mm. part of my mission is to reduce the misunderstandings and to enhance the ahas and the wows, because I, I think there is much more beautiful stuff and good stuff in the world than bad stuff. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of stuff that we don't see them. Yeah, we don't see them. They are, they are there, I guess. It's yeah. It's our mission to help them to <laughs> to pop up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, super super interesting your your story because you are a communication specialist and you early in your career found this technology company who even the the persons working for this company didn't know how to explain them. It still happens today, I think. It still happens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It still happens. You are so right in that. And and that's why I, I think my mission is not going to be over soon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, so super interesting. So you're, um, uh, how to call it, a tech aficionado, right? You, 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 I'm an, I'm an absolutely aficionado. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. So, one of the things you you do is media training for for professionals. So also can be um, from tech industry and from other other industries as well. 
but think of general in professionals, uh, executives, subject matter experts. Why a professional should should learn, should spend time, invest time, and of course some money as well, learning about media interviews. Why is why that so important? Because attention, getting getting the attention of any audience has become quite a challenge over the last, let's say, 25, 30 years. Uh, that's at least the, the time frame I can oversee. And we are, we are overwhelmed anyway by information and we are overwhelmed by communication. And when we learn to, to filter and when we learn to, to bring an interesting message across even more interesting, then the chances are higher that our audience will understand what we say, what we mean, and will be able to, to act in a way we intended as sender of the communication. And very often words are spoken on, on text stages <laughs> just to be spoken, but these words very often don't have any impact. Mm. And it's, it, it's really, it is my, my mission to, to support that because I think that there is so much ongoing in the tech industry. There is technological aspects, ethical aspects. Mm -hmm. There is so much interesting stuff we should talk about rather than not talk about. Then I think there is endless, there is endless things to do. And it is so easy. Let me put it like that. You have a little investment and the impact is mm. so big. It doesn't matter if it's your pitch as a startup and you have to sell your first software or it is at a big vendor conference when you are, a, I don't know, a big telecom provider or any other um, a technological company. It doesn't matter. It's about the ideas that have been built up for such a long time in an R&D department and then in testing. And there's along the way, there are so many passionate people that I think that it's not done that in the end, there is just a couple of bullet points that try to mm. explain that whole journey without a story or yeah. without passion. So this is one of the reasons I think your product deserves it, your company deserves it, and first and foremost, you yourself as a transmitter of the message on stage, you deserve it as well, that the audience is not just listening, but is able to intend, uh, to, to, to act the way you intend. So that would be good. Yeah, one topic that normally doesn't come to my mind when I think of communicating about tech is not only about the product, about the technology, but also the, the ethical side, right? And that's, that might be also difficult to explain, per se. So you have to find a, a good way to, to explain in a way that people find the stories, inspiring people. Yeah. Finding common ground is an important point that you, you, build, you build, even before you start with your story, that you build something where people can join, join into and say like, okay, I, I feel at home here. It is not foreign territory anymore. In, in technology, there is, how do you say that? There is so, so much fear for people who have not getting in touch with it. And to take away that fear, to make it a comfortable place to be, That is one of, I, I think, that is one of the things we should do as communicators for technology companies, taking away the fear of our audiences, if they are not techies, 
right? But most of the audience aren't techies anymore. Mm. It's the speakers on stage that are techies, but not the audience. And the more we can tune in to the way the audience speaks, the better technology products will be understood. And the more progress can be made in AI, in, in hardware and in software, in, in everything we, we, we do so naturally at the moment. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So from, you have a lot of experience of this. So just to clarify the situation, start to imagine, imagine for a technical specialist or the, let's say the CTO or the, the person that the company expect to, to speak, the spokesperson of, of the company, no, no matter if it's a big, a small company startup. So what are the m- most common situations that should be prepared for? They should be f- facing or yeah expecting to to be facing in terms of media like a one day the media can call them for a I don't know radio interview what are these most common situations i mean usually there is this let's call it the planned by the planned aspect in the sense of okay indeed what you said there's a there's a medium calling a radio station a tv station or a print magazine and says okay we would like to talk to you about this or that Mostly there is a topic set and you prepare that either with the PR agency or with mm-hmm. a corporate communications person in your company. Now, th- that is one of the things that can be easily prepared. It's not easy to, to do it all the time, but in the tech world, it is one of the important points is that you get out the news out into the world, right? It's, we call it push PR. You push, you push news into the world. Uh, because there are so many interesting things you're working on. The, the second one that happens frequently is that you are, as a speaker or as a panelist, somewhere at a congress or in, in a partner conference, mm-hmm. at, at one or the other gathering. Let me put it like a very generic uh, term for it. And you're at a gathering. And mm-hmm. The purpose of that is something different, like yes. you give a presentation or whatever, but there is the press attending as mm-hmm. well. Uh, and not every time you are going to be aware of this, right? Mm-hmm. So it could be that after the show or before the show, a journalist is approaching you and, can't, and, and you are not prepared for the questions that journalist is going to ask. Now, that is the second thing uh, someone in tech faces. And it is part of the media training that you say, okay, we can prepare you for the unexpected as good mm-hmm. as it gets, right? Because as, let's assume you were giving a, a talk and uh, you were talking about a, a specific subject, whatever. And uh, after that, the, the person, the person, the journalist is asking about this. This is number two. Let me call it the more unprepared mm-hmm. stuff. Now, the third one is that you, wherever you are, something is recorded. There mm. could be a pitch somewhere or there could be a presentation. And the, the press is calling you indirectly, right? All these three different situations can be very simply trained. There was, there was rules for that, how to, how to not to behave, but, you know, how to manage properly this kind of situation. And when I say manage properly... What I mean is that you can keep your nerves, that you are the master of your own message, mm. 
that although every interview is a surprise, it is just like this. But within knowing that it's going to be a surprise anyway, you can prepare a lot of things. And this is something I really, really highly recommend because the content tech people present is so fascinating, interesting, and very often overwhelming for people who sit in the audience. So the more easy you can speak, the higher are the chances that the transmission is going well. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So if you can tell us some of these top, top piece of advice for, for being prepared in these situations. Very, very simple that, for instance, uh, prioritizing your message is one mm -hmm. of the things we work on. There is, there is a lot of, a lot of noise, right? There is a lot of interesting stuff you could talk about in whatever presentation you give, whatever interview you do. But before diving into that, it, it makes a lot of sense to cluster and to claim and to say, okay, what is of all that, what we have here is the most valuable, what suits us as a company, as human beings in this company, and what suits our consumer, and what suits the greater good. So uh, key messaging or setting key messages is one of the most important things. And then sticking sticking to them in the sense of, okay, this was my, my red line. I wanted to convey this message and maybe number two or three, but not an entirely different program. And, and believe me, this is very hard if you train these people because our hats are so full of, of cool yeah. stories. I totally, totally false. So we want to say everything. And, and this is simply not possible. <laughs> this is something you learn in an interview. Yeah. Um, the, second, the second thing is that you learn is speaking in, in stories, in pictures, in analogies to make what you have to say way more easy to understand, to comprehend, to digest, and to feel. That's one of the things. Most of the time, we, we only try to reach the head of our audiences. But what you learn in the media training is how do you get to this emotional level of involvement where people say like, oh, this is, this is great. This is, I want to have this. Apple is doing a fabulous job in that, right? Yeah. We do not need any Apple product, not at all. We don't need any Apple product. We want them, yeah. <laughs> right? It's like we say, oh, oh I want to have this, right? And, and, and they did a very, very good job in, in, in doing this. So this is another thing we prepare. So getting to, to how do I connect with my audience emotionally by speaking in stories and pictures and all that. Um, the third one, how do, I, how do I make my point? Th that is something, I, at least I observe, I see that people starting somewhere and then getting lost in, mm -hmm. in space, in translation, wherever. And they do not find their way back. Mm -hmm. And they do not find their way back in time. Right? <laughs> but an interview is a time thing. It, yes. it's, it's, it's not you do not have all day. So let's assume for a second in, a, in an interview that happens that you, you, you lose it. Mm -hmm. How do I get back to where I want to be? How do I get to my key message? All, all things like that. There is steps along the way that keep you bring mm. it, it can bring you back to that. And number four is what we do, and what you can learn is there is this critical, unexpected stuff 
And every question we get in an interview is, although we very often not um, saying so, is hurting. It feels like a personal offense. When you get a critical question from a journalist who knows maybe a lot about that subject, you think, oh, my God, he's hurting me personally. Mm. And in the training, you learn how to differentiate between those two, what is really a personal offense or what is just a critical question is one. And you learn how to how to answer these yes. mm-hmm. in, in, in this in this flow of answering the question, but still making your own point and your own statement. Because there is n- no comment is not a good answer. And telling everything to the journalist that is in your mind is not a good option too. The truth is somewhere in the middle. Right. And then a big part of the trainings all the time is practice, practice, yeah. practice. Repetition, repetition, repetition. All good speakers have been bad speakers in the beginning. Mm-hmm. They practiced. We are not born good speakers we are born medium meager speakers mediocre yeah we can for medium to bad (laughs) yeah yeah and we can we can develop our talents here and i highly recommend so because as i already said attention is the currency of the 21st century and if you do not get the attention and the content it both need to be there the attention without the content means nothing and the content without the attention doesn't reach the audience. So these two things lead to what we call congruency. Mm, yeah, makes a lot of sense. Now you are, you are explaining that. Uh, for instance, one one of the things I haven't thought too too much is how to come back to my point. Right? Maybe I'm starting well, I lose it, and oh. Yeah, and it's it's, it's and it's it's quite logic that this happens. That that mm. because the topics mo- mostly the topics are interesting, and you get. You get carried away yeah, by the story because it's just, it's good stuff. Mm. It's not boring. It's highly interesting and it determines the future and all, all things like that. That is why it's, especially for tech people, uh, extremely complicated once they lost their red line to come to come back to that. But thank God in media training, you can learn that. I'm sure. <laughs> wow. Fantastic. And one I was thinking before having this uh, this interview with you is the difference between the traditional media, radio, TV, and and now the more internet based, like at the podcast we're talking now. There's a Clubhouse and yeah, everything that is. What are the main differences? Um, in general, I, I tend I, I tend to be very opinionated about treat all the media the same in terms of giving them all equal attention. And I don't think that a blog post is not worth anything and stuff like that. That's uh, mm -mm. So media media should get always the 100% attention, independent from what kind of media it is. Mm -hmm. In in, In times of the internet, TV gets broadcasted via the internet. Internet uh, broadcasts land on TV, uh, can be broadcasted on the radio. It all goes trans, transmedia in between. Mm. So it would be dangerous to focus on one or the other. In, in the IT world, there is a good, there is very often, there is enough space to explain 
something in a print medium. And when I mean print, I mean online, online print as well, right? Yeah. But written, written stuff. Mm -hmm. Very often there is a, there is a good amount of time. People read and, and, and you can, you can take your, a little bit more time in explaining after you, you caught their attention with a good story. In all things audio visual, things have been sped up tremendously. Now it is faster and it is shorter. So the, let me, let me put it like that as a general rule. The more you go audio visual, Mm -hmm. The more you should focus on making your point fast, brief, and emotional. It, it doesn't matter if that is a YouTube video or mm -hmm. if that's a TV recording. I wouldn't differentiate between those okay. two videos, video broadcast as broadcast. Mm -hmm. But in general, to say audiovisual needs short, very pointed pictures, sentences, and stories. While in print, you have a little bit more time in uh, to elaborate. So that's in a clubhouse, it, it's, it, it's, you know, the pendulum goes back the other way. We, we tend to spend more time there and chat. It's more, it's more chat, podcast mm -hmm. chat. So live TV or live stage is another uh, it's a different thing most of the time you know how much time you have before mm. right it's like I don't know seven minutes 30 seconds yeah, yeah you, you you know that and then I have to admit there is this rule just stick to your timing never mm. be longer that is ground rule and that's for techies very complicated don't over time in, in nowhere because that only shows that you do not have control about your content and your story yes. it only it shows nothing it, it only shows bad things in a sense of eh, bad presenter not in charge not in control a good presenter a good interview guest sticks to the timing and is able and that is then radio to make a statement within 25 seconds mm -hmm. okay so you don't differentiate between the media and the in the internet because they are somehow combined uh, after all. So the main distinction you make is between the audio visual and the, yeah, and the audio or the printed, right? That's, that's, that's looking, a, looking at in, in 2022, I'd mm -hmm. say, yes, it's yeah, at this point. Mm -hmm. I might, I might be debated, but in, <clears> especially <throat> when you see all the, all the audio visual content, taken from the internet, going to uh, TV broadcasters and the other way around, things that have been broadcasted on TV go on the internet. Of course, there is technical, like like video technical differences, but in terms of speaking as an expert, answering questions and enlighten people, no, I would say short or brief, illustrative, colorful, and story-wise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Katya, could you now share with us what is your favorite quotation? There are so many because quotations are, you know, quotations are something very easy to implement in an in interview or mm. uh, they support so many, so, so, so many messages. Let me, interesting enough, although I do not like him as a writer very much, as in terms of quotations, I, I, I like Ralph Waldo Emerson a lot. And, and Amazon says something that, you know, um, that courage 
is not the absence of fear. Mm. It is just knowing that something else is more important. And especially for, for people in the tech world, the, who very often are not used so much to speaking up, that overcoming that fear and learning that you have to have this courage and use this courage mm. just to, to know that there is a mission mm -hmm. that brings you to that interview, that there is a reason why you were there. And it's not you as a person, you're the transmitter of something more important. And the moment you, you have this in your mind and in your heart, it might be very easy to be fearless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Could I agree more? It's a really good one and very, very suitable for this context because I, I often think of technology and the people who are behind technology is that they're solving big problems. So that those problems, the impact that they can do in, in lives and it's much more, much bigger, much more important as part of the quote than the, the fear that one can have. So yeah. Yeah. And there is no reason to, to fear because I, I mm. think that especially <clears throat> people work with technology or in the technology area, they have so much more to say than they do at the moment. And on the other side, there is so much, I don't know, so much chatter in the world that I say like, hey, let tech people speak more often and tell the others to shut up more often. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> That's definitely a good one. Yeah. So the next question is going to be, I guess, difficult as well, uh, difficult to choose. But if you can recommend us one book. Yeah, that's a hard one because there is a whole list. If you, if you want to have a look at my website, I recommend a, a whole bunch of books. Let me say it differently. Don't read a public speaking book. Mm -hmm. Right? Even I'm, I'm sorry for you, Oscar, even if you, you wrote one, that's, that's nice. And, and, you know, there are so many people uh, who wrote public speaking books um, and there are good ones. And fine, read them all, but they will not make you a better public speaker or a better guest in an interview, a better media person. What I would recommend is read other books Read books that kind of touch basing your subject, but not that are not in the center of the subject. So broaden, broaden your experience mm -hmm. and, and listen and watch interviews that have nothing to do with your area of expertise. So go, go outside your comfort zone in terms of topic mm -hmm. and listen and read books in there so listen and read other experts i don't know psychological uh, experts uh, um, organizational experts future experts that is helpful to become a better guest in interviews uh, to be a better media person and a better public speaking besides training 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 mm -hmm. practicing practicing okay. practicing the more interviews you can get the more you should do the better the better you, you become as an interview person. Mm -hmm. If I have to recommend a book that changed my perspective, then I would recommend all three books of, uh, of Harari. Uh, all, the, all, the, all, all, all his books are amazing 
Uh, I, millions of people have read them already. And Noir Yuval Harari is, is for me, one of the, the greatest thinkers um, this, this, of, of the century. So, and every page is, was, to me, um, full of inspiration and of ideas that could be pursued. So that's a book to mm -hmm. read. Mm -hmm. Which one would you pick? All three. I cannot. I wouldn't. I would decide between the three. Too many no. difficult questions. <laughs> yeah, because because first of all, they build upon each other, mm, and yeah. and I, I personally I started with the future one, right? The, the about the future, and that intrigued me to read the other two. Mm -hmm. So, but that was that was my way. Uh, I I think that everybody who starts with reading a Harari will will find their way through it. Exactly. Hopefully. And it's definitely a, a good advice to read uh, books that are completely outside of your expertise, because you will find, for instance, stories, you can make analogies, finding specific stories from there. Yeah. So that will definitely help you too, as, as a speaker. Swimming, for... swimming in your own pond, fishing, fishing in the same <laughs> pond as everybody else, I think was never that inspiring because it very often makes you comparing yourself to other people mm. more than it's good for. I mean, this is yeah. a good to be to compare each other is until a certain amount is, this is good, mm. right? This is helpful. Um, but if you, if you only rely on that and not look uh, and see other perspectives, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, definitely. That's a good, a good tip. And, The last question is if you can share with us an exercise, something practical that you recommend us doing regularly, a routine to shine. Yeah, there is one. Um, and, and, and this is really one of my favorites. Imagine you, you go, you're an, get an invitation for an interview or you prepare for an interview and visualize and read in your mind already upfront what would be the preferred headline. Mm. On this article, yep. you are planning. Let's assume you're you're talking to the economist. I hope everybody can talk to the economist <laughs> once in their lifetime. It's an adventure. It's nice. And what would be the the anticipated headline? What would mm. you like to read there? Or uh, what? I don't know. Let's assume Kara Swisher would interview you. One of the we are Walt Mossberg. Kara Kara is even cooler. So Kara Swisher interviews you. What what would she say about the product you you introduce? And the moment you envision that, it is easier to derive your key messages from that, right? So this exercise, this I call it the headlining exercise. Mm -hmm. Every time before you do an interview, even every time you go on stage as well, have this into have this headline in in mind. What is it? you would love to read or to hear the next day when the video is broadcasted or the, um, the soundbite is broadcasted. That is helpful. And it takes away a lot of crazy expectations. We think just because we have a, a good, so we developed a software, a good one. And all of a sudden we think like, yeah, it brings us on top page of the New York times. No, it won't. Right. Because uh, your competition is not there either. So but thinking about what is a realistic, cool headline that represents your company, the product you developed, and all the ideas you had in your heart, I think that is helpful as a good exercise. Yes, a really, a really, really good one. So <laughs> excellent advice. Well, thanks a lot, Katia, for this very interesting interview. And so 
please let us know how people can find more about you or get in touch with you. Yeah, there is a, there's two websites I can recommend to find me. First of all, you find me on LinkedIn. Um, there is not there is not many people with my name, actually two, and uh, we know each other. And on Twitter, I'm media coaching. Ha ha, quite funny. Uh, so you can follow me on Twitter as well. And the websites are either my name, katjaschleicher.com, or the training website is interview-training.eu. And uh, besides that, there is this good old telephone thing. You can mm -hmm. call me. I mean, sometimes it's nice just to get a telephone call. And uh, people asking me, hey, what, uh, what could we do together? Now, I can tell you, if you contact me, I make you a better speaker and I make you a more rewarded guest in any interview. I will. I promise. Wow. I'm sure you do. <laughs> well, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Kat. It was really, really fun talking with you. Uh, thank you a lot for your advice and all the best. Thank you very much for having me, Oscar. Let's rock the tech stage. Yes, let's do. <laughs> thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time... 